Turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 3, if you have it. 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 3. Back where all those T's, five T's in a row. <laughs> Thessalonians, 1st and 2nd, 1st, 2nd Timothy, and then Titus. Thank you, Lord. 2 Thessalonians 3, 3. But the Lord is faithful, who shall establish you and keep you from evil. Another version says, but the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. Father, thank you so much for your precious word. I come against every foul, unclean spirit of evil that might try to thwart the message of your word today. I, I bind them in the name of Jesus Christ, command them to leave this place now and forever. Thank you, Lord, for opening up our hearts and minds to receive your precious word today. Lord, help it to take root and bear fruit in our lives and help us to protect it from the evil one as you protect us in our lives, Lord. We thank you in Jesus' name. The Lord spoke really clearly to me today. And I think He's got something that is going to help us. It's a simple, a simple message, a simple word regarding our faith. Because I know that I hear lots of messages on faith and, and, uh, I talk to a lot of people regarding their faith, what they're believing for, what they're standing for, what's happening in their lives. And more times than not, there's a distinct moment of clarity when I realize, or the Lord opens my eyes to see, so I know how to pray. He never shows me anything. To hurt anyone, it's always to help, whether it be to bring correction or to bring encouragement. It's all the same, as long as it's pointing them back to Him. Amen. But I, I always come to a place, not always, but many times come to a place where I see that the faith that people are relying on is their own. In other words, it's human faith that they're struggling with. And it does bring about frustration. We need to learn. Faith is so important. Without faith, we can't please God. So, it's imperative that we learn to strengthen our faith and rely upon trusting in God. But a simple a simple fix to this sometimes. It's like you, you ever seen the mechanics of baseball when a pitcher is throwing the ball or a golfer in his swing. There's sometimes a little thing in their mechanics. You know, a thousand parts to this one swing right here, right? Something like that. I mean, I'm not a big golfer. but Same with a, throwing a baseball or football. 
There are little things that make a big difference. I remember one time when I was a little boy, I, I couldn't hit. I, it just seemed like I went through a time uh, trying to learn baseball. When I, I couldn't have hit a basketball with the bat if you'd have thrown it to me. And then a neighbor who was a few years older than me, one day he just grabbed my bat and he turned it and he said, told me to line up my knuckles and, and lift my elbow up. And when I did, after that, for a good long while, it seemed like I couldn't miss a baseball. You couldn't get one past me. See what I'm saying? They're little things that make a big difference. And I think it's that way with our faith. And when we get too introspective, thinking of how are we doing, or what are we doing right, wrong for God, what are we, are we standing in faith, are we believing, are we saying, are we doing the right things, it can, it can create problems in our lives. We end up in the flesh without even knowing it. And a simple fix to that is to tell people to turn to God, turn back to the Lord and learn to depend on His faithfulness. If we're not faithful, He will continue to be faithful. If, he, if anything that He said or promised in His Word did not come to pass, or if, if ever became evident that He had said a falsehood, everything we know would come undone. He set this earth here in place... And by His Word, it's kept. This world, with its perfect environment for us creatures, we're very delicate beings, whether you know it or not, set out here in the midst of a, a very aggressive and angry, harsh environment. This that planet just put here, and it's kept perfectly because of His Word. And if He said it regarding us, if He made a promise and we're participating in His, the, the salvation that He's created for us, the grace that He's provided, and we're learning to participate in the spiritual and natural laws that He set in place, then there's nothing in the world that will keep Him from bringing His promise to pass on our behalf. So when we start thinking of how weak we are and maybe our faith isn't what it should be, maybe it is mixed in with a lot of doubt and unbelief, maybe we do watch too much television and it's always counteracting everything we do, we need to stop and turn back to Him and focus and magnify His great faith and faithfulness regarding us. There's not a morning that I don't get out of bed without saying, Good morning, Father. Thank you for your love and faithfulness. That's the first thing I say every morning. Every morning. It may not be much more than that. I want it to be. I always intend to, to sit on the edge of my bed and pray in the Spirit for 15 to 30 minutes before I even set my feet on the ground, but I don't always do it. I can't. I can, but I don't. How's that? So we don't always make the do the right thing, even the thing we know to do or want to do. We don't. None of us. I know a lot of really great preachers. They don't either. But we don't need to rely on our faith. We need to rely on His faithfulness. 
Deuteronomy 7, 9 says, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God, who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love Him and keep His commandments to a thousand generations. Wow. One of the things that compelled me to really learn to live for God and to learn to apply His ways and His character and integrity into my life is because of all the promises it makes about my, my family and my future generations. And I can look around sometimes and it doesn't look so wonderful. But I'm just, I'm just relying, I'm holding Him to His Word. You know? It's worth it. because, And I believe, I believe Him. He, he's, he's just good that way. He's not going to ever break His Word. And if I can't even rely on myself, I can rely on Him. I know that. Psalm 36.5 says, Your steadfast love, O Lord, extends to the heavens. Your faithfulness to the clouds. Psalms 89.8. There's just a few scriptures about the Lord and His faithfulness. O Lord, God of hosts, who is mighty as You are. O Lord, with Your faithfulness all around You. Psalm 119.20, your faithfulness endures to all generations. You have established the earth and it stands fast. Look, there's proof of what I just said. You have established the, the earth and it stands fast. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. God is faithful. Lamentations 3.22 and 23, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Romans 3, 3. What if some were unfaithful? Here it is. Does their faithfulness nullify the faithfulness of God? No. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, He will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. There's a promise that you can always look for when you're in the most trying, stress-filled time of your life when it looks like you're just not going to be able to get out of this one without blowing your top or doing the wrong thing, start looking because God is going to provide you a way out. He just said it right there. And if that word is not true, then this earth will come unwound. The Lord is faithful. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Those are just a few. You say, well, I know that God is faithful. And everything He says about me will come to pass. But I don't know if He's talking to me. That's what, that's a common, I would say that's a fair thing. I don't know if He's talking to me. You know? A lot of times we need a word from God. We need a, a specific word from God 
for us, for our situation. If, if Jesus walked in the room right here, which he's already here, but he walked in in his physical form and he walked up and says, George, or John, or Linda, Josh, such and such and such and such. This is what I want you to do. This is what's going to happen in your life. Would you be strengthened in that? Would you take off in that direction? I believe every one of you. And that's a, that's a very good thing. That just shows that you love him and you belong to him. And you really just want to hear from him. Well, so did Thomas. And Jesus loved Thomas. And he ended up giving him what he asked for. He showed him. Put his hand in his side and he showed him the hands and the holes in his hands. And, and he was saved right then. My Lord. But Jesus went on to say, more blessed is he who hasn't seen and yet believes. Now, that wasn't a condemnation of Thomas. It didn't change Thomas's standing with God. Or the way the Lord loved him. He was saying that for you. And for me, the same reason that on that day of his resurrection, in a song that John sings about the road to Emmaus. But if you remember, those two disciples were talking, walking and talking on that, that road from Jerusalem to Emmaus. And Jesus walked with them, but he never revealed his Identity. He concealed that from them. But along the way, he said, Don't you he said, Don't you know what had to happen? Because they were thinking it this that the, he was a con and it really wasn't it wasn't he wasn't the Christ, like he said, and all the things, the good things that they thought were happening weren't happening. And he said, That's that's foolish. Don't you remember all the things from the word that had to happen? And he had a Bible study with them all the way. Revealing himself, not in the physical appearance, but through the word, starting with Moses and all the way up until that time. Why did he do it like that? And then he was, they got to their destination and he was going to act like he was going to continue to go. And they asked him to stay and eat with them. And he did. And then when he broke bread, they recognized him. He let them see who he was and he disappeared. But why did he spend the whole afternoon doing that? Didn't you think he had anything else to do at that particular moment in human history, which he was creating? He did it for our benefit so we would see the value of the word. To count on the word when you can't count on anything else. To count on the word more sure than a word that you think you heard from God. Don't ever forget that. There are a lot of people in the body of Christ that this Bible talks about that are not of God. There are a lot that are. And you'll know them because he says, my sheep hear my voice. They know my voice and they follow me. So, but I'm just saying, if someone gives you a word, whether it's me or some pope somewhere, 
disallowed to marry, which the Bible says is a doctrine of the devil. If it doesn't line up with this word, don't believe it. Reject it. Stand with the word. Amen? There was a... Talking about getting a word from God. There's lots of different ways you can get a word from God. I don't know if I ever tell you all this story, but there was a... There's a, a, a nice lady that... She's an evangelist, I guess. Uh, she walks in the prophetic. She... She, uh, she's from Texas. She, she was invited probably 34 years ago, I don't know, to Oklahoma to a church one night to minister. And, um, she was going, she had never been there before. Uh, but she, she knew she was supposed to go and she had been invited and she drove and there became a, a, there was a, a storm in North Texas and, uh, in Southern Oklahoma a uh, snowstorm, and and it was rough. She had like a, some little Toyota Corolla, if you remember those back in the 70s and something, they wasn't that great, you know. But she trudged on through, and she gets there to this little church, and she gets out of the car and goes on in, and she walks into the, I guess, the sanctuary or something like this, and, and there's maybe just a, a couple of people in there. She's like, oh, Lord, <laughs> drove for hours to get here through this mess. And, and now, what is it that you want me to do? And the, the, the pastor was there. And he said, no, come, come on, come on, come on, come on. They're all in the back. And they went through another set of doors. And in this other room, kind of maybe like the kitchen or something like that, you know, there are all the people from the church, a whole lot of them in there. And they had been in there praying about something. But she didn't get a chance to hear the story because when she walked in, they all stopped, you know. They were in waiting. And she said, they started to make introductions. And she said, wait. And she pointed to a lady across the room and she said, excuse me. You don't know me, but the Lord has just given me a message for you. And I said, what is it? And she said, well, all I can see is big neon sign on your body. And she's like, are you sure, Lord? I guess. And what did it say? She said, keep on trucking. And when she said that, they all erupted in a and praise and crying and laughing and celebrating. That's what they had been praying about. The woman was a wealthy local business owner, her, her husband, and she owned a trucking company, a rather large trucking company. Her husband had recently passed away and they didn't know what to do. She didn't know if she was supposed to. She had, you know, when something like that happens and you have... A lot of uh, money and uh, friends and relatives come out of the woodwork that didn't know you for a long time, hadn't talked to you much, and they all have advice and all this stuff. So she didn't know what she was supposed to do. 
And she said, I'm not doing anything until I hear from the Lord. And so she had had all those people there. You can tell how, how much they were probably loved in the community to have everybody there praying and believing with her for a word from God. And this woman walks in and says, there it is. Keep on trucking. So that's a word from God. Yeah, you know, we can do that. I, uh, I mentioned last week when... When Peter was in the boat and uh, and they were struggling out there and the Lord came walking up and, and Peter said, Lord, if it's you, have me come to you on the water. And he said, come. That's a word from God. We talked about how filled with power that word was, didn't we? But chances are not, every, not too many people are going to get that sort of a word from God because it's... It's really not his favorite way to speak to us. He would rather that we rely on the word and just learn to focus on our inner man, our spiritual being, knowing that he's with us all the time. If we have to see things in the natural, that's really our flesh. And he would rather us operate in and after the spirit. That's what it talks about in Romans chapter 8, right? There are other ways. I know a preacher in... uh, in Dallas, he one time uh, his daughter was coming of age to go to college, and she always planned on going to college, but she didn't know where she was going to go. And to her, it was a big thing. That was the biggest thing in her life at the time, and trying to decide. And and she came, and she wanted her father. He's the pastor. He's the preacher. She wanted him to tell her what what to do. And he said, that's not for me. You need a word from God. And she said, well, can, can you get one for me? <laughs> and that's how a lot of people want things to go. But we need to develop our own relationship with the Lord. And until we have it and it's strong enough, we definitely have other people, the whole family of the body of Christ to pray for us and help us and encourage us and even bring correction, right? uh, George and I were just talking about, we're not supposed to keep our own counsel, and you know, sometimes when we're in the midst of something, a brother or a sister can see it more clearly than we can, and point us back to what the Lord says, and that's a good friend, I don't care what they say. People can say, oh, you're judging me, or whatever, you know, well, I'd rather have a friend that points me back to Jesus, and the Word, that make me feel a little convicted for a minute, than somebody who just agrees with me in my sin. So anyway, this girl went and she just began to do all the things that she had learned in the church that her father pastored and she prayed in the spirit and she got her favorite praise music and she went to her favorite places and overlooking this this uh, this lake or whatever and, and she opened up her Bible. She always have your Bible when you're praying because uh, the Lord will oftentimes speak to us that way. And he began to lay out his plan for her in her life. And he, she, pretty soon she knew exactly. And it was based on some really cool scriptures. And if I could remember, I could tell you what they were and how beautiful it all, it actually told her exactly what to do. And, he, and the scriptures said things that she had just talked about or been through recently. And every part meant something about a certain place and a certain, and it even gave her more details. And it was just it gave her comfort and confidence to go forward, you see? 
And so I would say that the value of this is very, very high in the life of a Christian. And we all need to learn how to seek God to get a, a word from God. Me, I've gotten words from God many, many, many times. And, and then sometimes I think to a fault of my own, I'll get a word and I'll do what he's asked me to do. And then I'm afraid to move off of that until I get another word from him. Even when other people say, man, that well has dried up or this is the time to change the season, I, I won't go. And until God tells me, I won't go anywhere. And so, and I think a lot of times we uh, delay that, that action because we might not be in a place where we're really hearing God or getting the word we need. And so we have to realize we need another word from God. It might be the same word. Anyway, I'll give you another example. There was a, another pastor, and he had a guy in his congregation... They're really big on, he, he really ministers on, uh, on giving and prosperity and, and he wants everybody in his church to be prosperous and live the abundant life just as I do. But they talk about sowing seeds and they have different times of the year where they'll sow a, above and beyond the tithe and, and offerings into certain things, you know, and he'll ask for their best gifts on things, you know, and they have, now they have many campuses and they're making an impact all over the world, which you can do when you have more money, right? So there's a there's a lot of good that comes from it if you if you're really Bible based and and uh, and doing it for the glory of God and building His kingdom and not just a kingdom for a pastor or something, you know. And they're not. But anyway, this one guy in his congregation, he took the the envelope or the the letter for that annual thing, and he he went to the Lord in prayer, and he said, Lord. I just want to bring this before you, you know, and I wanted to ask you just how much you think that I ought to give into this this year. And, it, and the Lord said, 50000 <laughs> Barely could finish the, the request, and he heard clearly, $50,000. And he's like, oh, but... Uh, but Lord, anyway, I was just going to ask you about this giving into this uh, special offering. Uh, you know, act like you didn't hear him. <laughs> and so he started to ask him all over again, like maybe the Lord got ahead of him a little or the Lord was confused. And he said, 50,000. And he said, Lord. He said, $50,000, and he told the Lord, he said, what, what, what are you going to do? Just cause it to fall out of the air? <laughs> can, can fall, to fall out of the sky? In other words, he was sarcastic with the Lord about it. Like, I don't have that kind of money laying around. I guess it's just going to fall from the sky. And he said that sarcastically. And then, you know, as we do, when we hear something from the Lord and we get convicted by saying something we shouldn't have to somebody or something, we'll go back and we'll start seeking the Lord. And he said, well, he started looking at his budget over his finances. He's a businessman. He, had, he wasn't broke at, at all. He started looking and he started talking to the Lord about it. He said, well, Lord, I guess, you know, he goes, I was going to get a new car this coming year. He goes, I, 
I guess I could go for another year or two on this car. It's only a couple years old. And the Lord said, fine with me. <laughs> and he said, and then I could do this. And, that, and actually, I could, I could do it. He goes, yep. Yeah. And so he, and trust me, this never feels good when you give a big offering. <laughs> I've never given one that big, but I've given some gigantic offerings. And, and it's exciting and terrifying at the same time. And I'm sure that it was. But he gave the 50000 and just a couple of weeks later, the, uh, the guy uh, was sitting there in his house, and he got a knock on the door. And he opened the door, and there was a gentleman there from, uh, long story short, he represented the airline. That his house was right by DFW Airport. And he was in the flight path, uh, something to do with the airlines and all that. And this guy was from the, the airline, and he had a check there for $50,000 for this guy. And he heard, and he, and he took it, and he heard the Lord say, if I want to make it fall out of the sky, I can. That's how cool it is to be in a relationship with the Lord and to get a word from God. And that's how encouraging it is and how fun the Lord likes to be. He's got a great sense of humor and he wants to talk to us. He's always talking to us. We just, everything else that's competing for our time and attention, many times he can't get a word in edgewise. And he's not the type, he's, a, he's, he's fun and he's cool and he's God. But he's also really a gentleman. He'll never impose himself or push himself on anyone unless he's invited into the situation. And that's how we all should be, really. And he's just awesome. I had a... I'll tell you one more. But Tavana and I, when, uh, when we really came to the Lord, I always say it like that because we were one of those... We were those Christians, like most of America, that's, that's not. And uh, when we really came to be with the Lord and, and uh, got truly saved and born again, uh, we went from having a whole lot to having nothing. And uh, it, it looked bad. It looked bad. Of course, I, I knew enough, and he began to teach me enough to know that, you know, the, all the... All the things that had been done, to, uh, it was going to take a little while to overcome all that. You know, the enemy had had every open door into my life for quite a long time. And uh, it was just going to take some time to, to fix all that. But uh, we were down to really nothing. And uh, I used to walk my dog, Brutus, my big bull mastiff, I used to walk him and Back then, we'd take long walks, and we could go. It was, uh, it was about a quarter mile to the park at the edge of our neighborhood. And our neighborhood is like in a big forested area. It's called Enchanted Valley, and we have trees and everything. And it's beautiful. And we'd walk down to this park, and we'd walk down by the creek and through the trails and stuff like that. And there was all these beautiful pine trees. And the Lord had really been teaching me about 
about giving and sowing and, and words and everything is in seed form and, and, uh, and so put all that aside. I was, uh, we had, uh, we had a really bad vehicle. I had an old broken a truck that ran sometimes and Tavana had a car that she was having to drive that, uh, that spit fire from uh, everywhere. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, it was a dangerous situation. It was tough, and we didn't really generally know. And at the time, we were, sometimes we, you know, we live on like $40 in a week, and we would uh, maybe just go get a jar of peanut butter, put the rest in the gas tank, and that's where we were at this time in our life. Coming from much better place and to this and so but the Lord came to me in a dream we had a one of the businesses that we had gotten out of was a uh, we had a, uh, a car lot and we had uh, the kind that has the, the not only the sales uh, license but also the finance license and everything like that where you can finance cars and things and we did but I didn't put any of those uh, trackers on the cars. I was not a very good businessman in that regard and at that time in my life. And so uh, almost everybody that we financed a car to didn't pay for it. <laughs> and, didn't, and all of a sudden they drop off the radar and, uh, and nobody could be found. And so when we went out of business, because we, we got out of all our businesses and one of them was a bar and we walked away and never went back. Never called, never wrote, never nothing. And... But this one, we had a stack of titles like this that uh, people owed us for. They owed us the car or they owed us the money and we had never collected. And so the Lord came to me in a dream and I was walking by this park that was a very familiar place to me. And these, I looked and there was two men on a park bench about from about from me to George. And I became aware in just a little while that they were angels. And I look up and these, and these uh, pine trees, which I've been reading and studying about trees. Uh, trees are, are us in the Bible. And, uh, and, and when the trees' arms are, are, are up, they're praising God. And, and that's one of the rules of thumb when you're pruning your trees. If it's not praising God, cut it off. You ever heard that? If the, if, the, if the limbs are hanging down, cut it off. If it's praising God, if it's reaching up toward the heavens, leave it. So anyway, all this was fresh in my mind. And I was walking through there. I saw the two angels look up in these pine trees. And on top of all the pine trees, they were holding these vehicles up above the, above the trees. Like they were holding them up to God. Offering them up to Him. It became very evident. And just like the guy that God told to give $50,000, I was like, uh, wait. <laughs> and I turned to these two men on, on the bench and I said, is that God telling me that? And, and the one was talking to the other and he just looked at me and he went, yes. <laughs> wow. It was just as real as, as, as we are here right now. But then obviously I woke up. And I knew what God was telling me to do. And so Tavana and I, or I, 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 I talked to her about it. And as God is kind in doing, sometimes he will, 
he will share the same impression with with your spouse. And she said, yes, I believe I believe you heard God, you know, so that's a good thing. Otherwise, it could cause a real trouble. I sat down and I I wrote a nice letter talking about how we had come to know the Lord and had for he we were so thankful for his love and forgiveness and salvation and the joy of the Lord was really in our hearts. And after all that he had done for us, this is something that we wanted to do this Christmas because it was just coming up on that time of year. And uh, and we composed this letter and I put it on the nicest paper that that we had and we sat down and addressed every one of these titles. Um, we signed the titles over and, and and sent one of those letters in an envelope to the last known address of every person that we had. I don't know how many it was. It was a lot. And none of them came back. <laughs> these are people that we could never find <laughs> at those addresses. <laughs> but not a single one came back in the mail. And we didn't get any thank you letters or anything like that, but we didn't want it. It was all about God. And I knew that he was telling me to sow those seeds. And it didn't happen immediately because there's seed time at harvest. But I had expectancy. I expected what I knew God was going to do and wasn't too long before... Our old jalopies were replaced with really nice cars, and and uh, and I believe I've broken the back with God's help of poverty in that particular area of my life. I don't think I'll ever be in that situation again, and I attribute it all to what God did through those seeds that I sowed in His uh, in His name, and that's just another word that way you can get a word from God. Wow, I, I didn't even get to the message. <laughs> it's gone about 38 minutes, so I think, uh, I think I'll save the rest for, for next week because, did y'all get anything from that? Of course. Yeah, well that's awesome. So that's all just leading up to the message that I have. So, <laughs> so we'll talk about that next week, but I just want to encourage you, just trust in God and His faithfulness. And if you just, because I know, I know each one of you better than you think. And I know that you all belong to the Lord. I'm really blessed in that regard. I, I, even though we have a small church, I, uh, I don't know too many pastors that can say every one of his, every one of his flock belongs to the Lord. And so I'm truly blessed. And, uh. I just want to encourage you because it gets it gets confusing. This life really has so many things drawing and vying for our attention and our time and all these voices going in and everything is in seed form and it's all it's all going to produce after its kind. Unfortunately, we have to learn to reject a whole bunch of that stuff and to magnify and focus on the truth of God's word and his love for us and his promises regarding us. And if we're just not sure, we need to spend more time just seeking him regarding specific details of our lives to get a word, a directional bit of guidance from him.
And I think it'll give everyone a, a lot more confidence in the things that they're endeavoring to do. Because God says, I'm going to bless everything that you put your hands to. And he said, believe when you pray that you have the things you pray for and you will have them. Now, obviously, when the Lord's talking to us like that, he's talking to his friends. And friends are people that aren't going to be believing him for, for um, demonic things. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you're not going to believe, be believing for him to rig the lottery for you or to give you someone else's spouse or, or, or something like that. You know what I mean? So he's, he's assuming, and he should be entitled to that based on everything he's done for us. He should be able to assume that we're going to be believing according to his will. If we pray and we pray according to his will, we know that we have the things that we have prayed for. That's what the Bible says. So, we just need to spend more per, uh, private time with the Lord, seeking Him about these words. And tell Him, tell him, listen, I want it to be fun. I want my relationship with you to be fun. I, say, I would say that is an awesome prayer. I told Him, when, when He called me to minister, I said, I, I said, I don't know what you want me for. I really had a big time with the Lord about this. But I, finally, I just told Him, I said, there... there I got so far, I'm brand new into this and I got, I can, I can point to 10 different ministers that I've heard several messages from and none of them line up. And so, see, he's a reasonable God. He heard that. He heard that. Wouldn't you, if, if, if someone came and they said, listen, 10 different people are talking, telling me about you. I, I don't know you, but 10 different people are telling me about you. They're all telling me a different story. That'd get your attention, wouldn't it? You'd want that person, if they really want to know you, you'd want them to know the truth. And so what I did, I said, if you, want, if you want me to preach your word, you have to teach me. Otherwise, leave me alone about it. And you know, <laughs> that, that might seem dangerous, <laughs> but it's really scriptural. And he stood good on his promise. In other words, he either gave me by divine revelation or dream or word of knowledge or by a minister who he sent with that particular doctrine of teaching. He taught me all along the way. And for over three years, I was 16, 18 hours a day in the word. And that was my that was my Bible college. But what a great professor I had. <laughs> that's how faithful he is praise God well we're going to let you guys go and enjoy the ball game and uh, it's okay to pray for your team just pray the Lord for them to do the very best based on the abilities and talents that he's given them to protect them and keep their minds free from the enemy's tactics and to glorify him in Jesus name amen Thank you, Lord, for this word. Thank you for your love. Thank you for watching over, protecting this, this word and protecting every one of your children here, Lord, and talking to them and showing them how much fun you are and how much you want to be a part of every single aspect of their life. And if they want to hear from you, you are ready to speak to them. In Jesus' name, amen.